Good morning. I am Glenn Hawley. I am the preaching minister over at the East Hill Church around the corner. More important, I am married to Mrs. Hawley over at the Ark, and uh, that's, that's the more important calling in my life. Before either of those things, I was a student here at York College, now York University, and I do love saying York University. That's great. I was a student when the well was chapel and when chapel met over at the East Hill Church building. And at the time, I probably didn't appreciate chapel uh, very much the way I do looking back on it. But it was a good time to get together. It was a time to be with my friends away from classes, away from some of the pressures. And it was a time when I had 30 minutes in the day to reflect on God, to sing praises uh, with fellow followers of Christ. And even then, I was a follower of Christ. Followers is what I really want to talk about today. Because Jesus in the Gospels is always calling for followers. He says to fishermen, follow me. He says to a tax collector, follow me. He says to a religious zealot, follow me. He says to just about anybody he meets, follow me. One of these people he called said to Jesus, I will follow you, but first let me go and bury my father, which may have meant something like my, my father isn't going to live much longer. Let me stay here until he's dead. The reply to Jesus from Jesus was, you let the dead bury their own dead, but you follow me. Kind of harsh. So why does Jesus continually call for followers? Why does he want them anyway? Why does he want them still so badly? And so badly that he calls his followers sometimes to abandon things that are really important to them. Well, I want to tell you the story of Wag Dodge. Wag Dodge was the head of a smoke jumper team. It was a blistering day in Helena, Montana in, on August 5th, 1949, when he was heading up his team. If you don't know what smoke jumpers are, they are firefighters who use parachutes to get close to a fire in much the same way the paratroopers go behind enemy lines to fight. In fact, Wag and a couple of his other smoke jumpers that day had been paratroopers in World War II. The aim of smoke jumpers is to stop a fire while it's small. They get to a fire that's maybe far, far away from any roads where you can drive to. They take on fires using only pickaxes, shovels, and saws. The man gulch fire that Dodge's team took on that day had been started by a lightning strike up on a hill. And by the time they jumped, it was probably about 50 acres large, pretty small for a forest fire. When they got to the ground, they figured, we got this licked. In two hours, it'll be under control. That day, Dodge was 33 years old. And at 33, he was by far the oldest among his crew. 
Most of them were between the ages of 18 and 23. They were strong men, used to swinging heavy equipment in sweltering conditions. Had they gone to college, they could probably each have been a star athlete wherever they went. They were disciplined, they knew their jobs, and they figured that it would just take a couple of hours. They were confident they could knock this fire out. Now, the team was working from below the fire line that day, which was a good thing. The fire was kind of up on this slope. And so as fires move, they, the fires actually move pretty slowly, most times as they go from tree to tree. And they move even slower when they go downhill. And so they figured they were doing pretty well. But a half hour into their job, the wind shifted and it shifted hard. And it blew sparks and some pieces of trees over their heads and started fires behind them. So now they were at risk of getting caught between two fires. And Dodge ordered his team to evacuate. He said, things have gotten too dangerous. They still didn't panic. Most of the time, you can outrun a forest fire if you're in good shape. Most of the time, it's not going to travel much faster than one mile an hour. But given the right circumstances, the right weather conditions, forest fires can blow up. They can create, in effect, their own weather systems. And that's what happened this day. It blew up. It, it created swirling winds that moved the fire much faster than normally it did. And now the fire was moving faster than they were. They had minutes to get to safety. So Dodge ordered all of his men to drop their equipment and run. There was a ridge line that they could see, a rocky ridge line up a hill. They thought that if they could get to that, those rocks where there was nothing to burn, they could probably be safe. The only problem was that the last couple of hundred yards of this ridge line was tall grass. Tall grass burns so much faster than a forest does. And Dodge knew that once the fire hit the grass, they didn't have minutes to live. They had seconds, and it was up a steep grade. But Dodge had an inspiration, something that he thought of on the spot. He took out some matches that were in his pocket, and he started a fire in front of him. With the wind behind him, the fire blew forward up the hill, creating burned-out earth right in front of him. Today, we call this a backfire. But Dodge had never had anybody teach it to him. Nobody ever had. He was inventing it for him on the spot. And so he ran into the burned out ground and he called his fellow smoke jumpers to follow him. Come over here, follow me. But none of them really understood what he was doing. They had never seen anybody do this. And more than they trusted him, they trusted their youth, their strength, and their speed. One after another, they ran for the ridge line. One after another, they ran up that slope as fast as they could. And one after another, they were caught by the fire. Thirteen smoke jumpers died on that ridge of Man Gulch that day. Young men, 
Strong men. Men who understood fire. But none of that helped them. Wag Dodge survived. He laid down in the ashes. He put a damp cloth over his face and he waited for the fire to pass him by. And then he got up and started searching for the bodies of his team members, his friends, who would not follow him to safety. And so when we ask, why does Jesus want us to follow him? It isn't out of some kind of perverted sense of glory that he has, some kind of idea that he wants to add one more follower to his gang, or the idea that he wants to lord over one more person. It's because he wants us to live. He invites us to follow him to safety. And while we might not always understand the way he chooses to lead us, we don't always get it. He does. His way brings life. And why is it so urgent that he might call us from things that we have our hearts set on? Maybe it's because there's a raging fire behind us that we just don't see. I know that it is hard to submit your plans to Jesus, to submit your hopes to Him, to submit your life to Him, to name Jesus as your primary identity in life. But He calls you to follow Him because He loves you and because He wants you to live. And so here's my appeal to you today. If you don't yet count yourself a follower of Jesus, Talk to somebody you trust, somebody who does. So maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a friend. And if you ever want to talk to me, I work just around the corner. I follow Jesus because in him I have life.